Man, what's really good? It's your boy D Johnson for Talk That Ish. Back with another episode. Oh, we we putting in that work today for y'all, man. That work. A lot of work back to back with y'all for the videos. Because why not? Why not? Yesterday we had three games. We had three games on TNT. Um, the whole uh, background and the whole the whole thing between yesterday and today was to celebrate Craig Sager, God rest his soul, who is no longer with us, but to honor him by his style, his uh, charismatic personality. And his ability to just allow a light to shine in a locker room on the basketball floor or in his segments. So God rest his soul, Craig Sager. We appreciate you and what you were to the NBA, the TNT staff, and just the family that we call the NBA. A lot of games we want to touch on. Got the Raptors playing the host to the Golden State Warriors in Toronto. Got the Clippers heading up to Sacramento to play the Kings. And we got LeBron James back at home playing a surging uh, playoff contending Pacers team. A lot of of stuff I want to say about those games. Got a chance to really look at the Pacers. Excuse me. Uh, Actually, yeah, I looked at the Pacers versus the Lakers a little bit. And I actually looked at the whole game from start to finish of the Lake, uh, excuse me, Golden State versus Toronto. I actually want to dive into that game first, give you all my two cents, my recap of what I thought about uh, both both performances and obviously the Clippers going over on the Sacramento Kings. Uh, I'm not quite seeing that. And uh, then after this, I'm going to come out and talk about this New Orleans versus uh, Dallas Cowgirls game and excuse me, Cowboys game. Uh, right after this podcast so look for that not gonna have too much to say about that probably about 10 to 12 minute episode there but we're gonna dive real deep into this these three games on the on the board tonight because i felt like they were pretty interesting i felt like um you know the toronto raptors game and the golden state warriors game could possibly be a finals preview but let's go ahead and dive into this so Toronto won this game in OT 131 to 128. Let me tell y'all what I saw, man. I'm just going to give it to y'all raw. I mean, I got the box score and everything else pulled up. This was a playoff finals. Uh, it just felt like it was a finals game. I mean, Toronto's crowd was amazing. Um, your stars showed up tonight. Durant dropped 51 on Toronto's head. But Kawhi Leonard... Uh, dropped 37, well, no, yeah, 37 points uh, tonight on, on eight rebounds and three assists. So he, both all-stars tonight and both superstars on their team, one of the superstars, had a great game. Let me tell you why this was an important victory, and I think that really on paper, you're not mad as a Golden State fan losing this game, and I think this means more to the uh, Toronto Raptors winning this. Traditionally, the Toronto Raptors have never been a team that could, that could win the big one, even with Kyle Lowry. Excuse me, even with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. They've been a team that's always been a great regular season since Dwayne Casey's last two years of being able to really protect home court, really being able to get some role wins here and there, but never a team that could beat like the elite teams um, in the end that mattered. 
So this was important for the Raptors because had they lost this game tonight with Kawhi Leonard on the floor, oh, this destroys the psyche. This destroys the my my pitch of even Golden State, um, you know, losing this year. Because I think after if they win, shorthanded with Steph and Draymond and Boogie Cousins sitting on the bench, and your only All Stars being KD and Klay Thompson. I think that that's a problem. I still think this is morally um, this morally gives the Golden State Warriors too much hope. I think that this game should have been won by ten, in my opinion, uh, because for the most part, the Toronto Raptors were blowing these guys out in the first second quarter by eighteen points. But Kevin Durant just kept hitting th- three after driving dunk after defensive deflection still. And kept this team afloat with his 51 points. And let me tell you something, man. Kevin Durant is a cheat code. That man is a cheat. I, I just, I'm looking at him like, you. I mean, he has, he has Kawhi Leonard, arguably one of the, the best defensive players of our game right now. And this man shooting over the top of the claw. It doesn't matter. The apex of his shot is unguardable. His, let me tell you, He deserves prop for being one of the most unguardable guards in this game for his height. He plays like a point guard at seven feet tall with handles like that at seven feet tall. And it's scary when this man pulls up from 30. Half the time's going in. I mean... The man shot four or seven from three-point land last night. 18 to 31. It's well over 50% from the field. Kawhi Leonard, 14 to 24. Well over 50% from the field. So both of these guys showed up and did their jobs. But I think there's also credit that belongs to Kyle Lowry. He didn't have quite the game he wanted to because he was more of the facilitator as the point guard. He gave you 10 points. A 12 assists, he had a double-double, near triple-double, actually, with uh, two short of a rebound. Yeah, eight in the rebound department. Danny Green had uh, shot 50% from three. He had 13 points. Ibaka was very, he was needed. His 20 points was very needed. Siakam, wow, this guy has arrived. 26 points. The Raptors... In spite of that performance, only beat the Warriors by two points. Excuse me, three points. With Steph Curry sitting on the bench, Draymond on the bench, Boogie Cousins on the bench. Toronto barely ekes by Golden State. From a psychiatric from a psychological standpoint, this is great because. Tells fans that the Raptors are capable. But from a long-term perspective, this is why I say the Toronto Raptors cannot. They cannot and they will not. They almost allow Golden State to come all the way back. This is just TBT, good old Toronto Raptors. They get up on you, but they'll let you back in the game, no matter who's playing. Golden State almost came back and won shorthanded with... Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant. That's what I saw. That's what, what I walked away from. 
I said, yes, Toronto Raptors needed this game because they lose. All bets are off that these guys even make the finals, in my opinion, because the psyche, uh, the psychological uh, war will have been too great. You get Steph back, you get Boogie back, you get uh, great Draymond Green. This team is going to be a whole lot different when next time these guys meet. And we all know that. You think about it like this. Kevin Durant, if he plays with that intensity, even if he doesn't, let's say on the uh, with Steph on the floor, he gives you 30 points, as he always does, or 27 points on uh, KD, quietly. Uh, you get about 22 from Clay, and then Steph goes off and then becomes Steph, and he gives you like 38, 40 points. They're blowing the Toronto Raptors out, <laughs> despite these performances. I want you guys to understand that. It's too much offense. It's pick your poison offense. Okay, you double KD. All right, Steph's gonna get off. Oh, you you double uh, you gonna you gonna double or deny. Um, Steph Curry, the basketball. Okay, Clay Thompson's gonna get off. Oh, okay, you uh, you 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 playing tight defense on Clay one on one. Okay, Boogie gonna be open in the post. Oh, okay, you uh, you you know you lock everybody else up. Everybody's having a bad night. Okay, Draymond's gonna facilitate and get others involved and and, and still make a difference. This Golden State team is horribly good. The fact that with two All-Stars on the floor, they were able to take it to OT and only lose by three points. Three. Three. And the, and the Toronto Raptors needed this win, like I told you, from a psychological standpoint. They needed it. But I look at the way you win. You're up by 18 points, and you knew they were going to go on a run. But to me, you beat this Golden State team by 10. You beat them by 10. You send the message that, hey, we're not that same Toronto team no more. Y'all not going to come in our house and disrespect us, come back on us, talk talk about Drake and as Drake was just being an absolute clown the whole night. As usual, his usual antics. And think that that's going to fly. So Golden State falls to 16 and 8 on the season. I think that drops them to about fourth or third in the uh in the NBA uh West. Um this was a very good game, man. I, I fairly enjoyed it. I thought that Toronto did everything they needed to do and deserve to win this game. Um well, let me say this, man. Kawhi Leonard, head to head, I enjoyed these guys. Kawhi versus KD. Because they're not afraid to go after each other. They're not afraid to play defense on each other. And for the most part, uh, near the end of it, um, K, uh, you know, though the numbers don't show it offensively, um, when it mattered, Kawhi Leonard got the best of Kevin Durant defensively. Uh, You can see KD wanting to guard Kawhi Leonard, but he would end up getting switched off because they would pick and roll him and he had to roll with the guy who was going to the basket. And so for the most part in the fourth quarter and the in, in overtime, Jabreko was trying to guard this man. Kevin Durant was like, no, 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 look, I got this guy. I am a finals MVP. I want to guard the team's best player. So you saw a lot of times KD and Kawhi Leonard were just engaging in a little bit of street basketball. You got yours? Okay, let me go ahead and get you, get you back real quick. And so offensively, Kevin Durant got the best of Kawhi Leonard 
especially in that last minute three that forced the OT. That was Kawhi Leonard guarding him. I mean, Kawhi Leonard had great defense, but that's just better offense. Forced him into a corner, made him take a couple dribbles. He wasn't in rhythm, but but Kevin Durant's so great that he still rose up and he still hits the three. And that's a testament to how great Kevin Durant is and why I believe that Kevin, you know, LeBron James may be the best player because he can carry teams and Kevin Durant cannot. And I think that's the only argument you can make that puts LeBron over Kevin Durant still. But if we're talking about best players in the world, I, I do believe it's like LeBron 1A and, and Kevin Durant 1B, objectively. And it's closing in because, like I said, LeBron James is getting old. LeBron James is starting to lose some of his game a little bit offensively. You could definitely see it on the free throw line and defensively that he's not the same player he was in Miami in 2010, 2011, when he was in his prime. So I, I do believe as the years progress, Kevin Durant's going to eventually overtake that best player in the world category unless Giannis or or um, Anthony Davis stepped their game up substantially enough to make it a debate. But it's obviously, it's obviously last night I was watching the top three, two of the top three players in this league between Kawhi Leonard, who I think is the third best player in the league, and Kevin Durant, who I think is the second slash 1B uh, player in the league. Because what these guys are doing to each other's defense, I mean, you got to understand, Golden State's not playing bad defense. Toronto's definitely not playing bad defense. These guys are just getting shots in spite of how good the defenses were last night. And I know the score doesn't show it because it was like 133 to 128. But for the most part, this was a defensive dra- drag out. You got to earn your points every possession type of game. And when it was time, your stars, Kyle Lowry, went at it. Had a crucial steal um, that turned this game in Toronto's favor as it seemed uh, Golden State had the momentum. Kawhi Leonard got a rebound that extended the uh, Toronto Raptors' lead after it looked like the the Golden State Warriors were going to hang around and probably take this game. My heart literally pumped fast when I saw Kevin Durant coming up the court because I'm like this guy pulls up it's over he's going to make it he was shooting like that last night he could not miss you can see it in Drake's face Drake's like I should have never said anything to this guy you don't you don't wake in a sleeping giant because Kevin Durant put 51 on their head regardless I think he's more pissed that you know they got the rebound that, that pushed this game to five points out of reach in the last 30 seconds. But still, like I said, they still had a chance to win this game multiple times. Good win, Toronto. Uh, I, I just, I think, like I said, you know, the Raptors needed this win. They needed this win because they lose here. They're the same old Toronto Raptors. It's going to mess with their psyche. It might even make them vulnerable in the Eastern Conference Final. But because they won at least one game, I don't think they're going to win in Golden State uh, when they got to play these guys again in a couple weeks. Because I think, you know, the the Steph Curry coming back, um, and them uh, plus them being on their own home floor, it's very hard to win an Oracle. It is very, very hard to win an Oracle Arena. So... I see another good game coming, but I see it being a different story. But I think they needed this win to tell themselves they can at least hang with them. 
I just don't see Toronto being the team to beat these Golden State Warriors, even though they have Kawhi Leonard. I think they reached the Eastern Conference Finals. Of course, I'm not going to be the fool to say that. They would not. But I think it's not a foregone conclusion that they're going to beat them. I think they're one of the favorites to do so. I think they'll take the, the Warriors to a six-game series or a five-game series max. But because you have so much offensive and defensive versatility with the Golden State Warriors, they can score anyway once they get Boogie Cousins back. Even if Boogie Cousins is a shell of himself, let's say he gives you 15 points off the bench, that's more production in the from a big man perspective that Golden State's ever had since uh, Boogie Cousins came. He's the first legit center these guys got. Giving him, getting 15 and maybe like nine or eight boards a game, that's hella good. Because that's going to keep defenses honest. They can't double now. That's going to make it even more scary for KD and Steph to eat because they're going to be one-on-one. You've got to guard, pretty much guard, go to state man-to-man, and then you got to have help defense when they go to the rim or they go to the rim and kick out. Because you know it's coming. And with uh, Boogie in your post, you got to now look out for Kevin Durant driving. Oh, you don't have the shot. Okay, I'm going to pass it to a wide-open uh, driving Boogie. That's that's scary. The potential of this Golden State team is scary. Now, like I said before, I still stand by my fact. I think that Boston, the Boston Celtics, as currently constructed, could beat the Golden State Warriors if they get their rotation and people buy into their roles. Because they have the same essential talent, but players not buying into the role. And I went over this yesterday in the podcast. You didn't have a chance to listen to my my take on the Lakers and the Boston Celtics, both sitting as the seven seeds in their respective conferences. Please listen to that. I had an interesting take on both. And I think, in my opinion, what they should do. Toronto Raptors win this one 138 to 128. They definitely need this one. It's great, great game from both teams. I think both teams really got at it. Uh, Clay Thompson had 23 points. He didn't have his best shooting night. However, he was 3 of 9 from the field. Kevin Durant was 4 of 7 uh, from three-point line. Uh, land. And he had he put a 51 on him. 11 rebounds, 6-6. By his third game, shooting, uh, shooting at least 40 points. So this man's on the terror, understanding that he got to be the, the ball-dominant scorer for this team to, to stay afloat. 15-8. And, and, you know, like, it's cool right now for me. Because, like, it's making the, you know, victories like this are making the, the regular season bearable to watch. Because let's not, let's not, let's not trip. And let me be objective. Golden State 1 and 2, they can win 76 games right now. I see it. But because, you know, you got injuries out and it's making, the, making them a little vulnerable now, it's making it at least entertaining. But by the time playoffs come around, they're shutting everybody down. It doesn't matter. You can't. You got. You gotta have five great guards to guard these guys. You gotta play defense. You can't shoot shot for shot with these guys. You gotta go to the inside of the paint and make these guys suffer. You gotta push tempo and play your style. Play your style and hope you win. And Toronto did that tonight with some crucial plays from their all stars: Lowry, um, Kawhi Leonard, some great player, uh, some great minutes, and some great. Uh, Time on the court from Ibaka, Siakam, Green, off the bench, Valanchunez, Anobi, Wright, 
Van Fleet's going to come on. He didn't have his best game, uh, 0-3 from the field, but he'll have a better game. So Toronto can hang around with, with Golden State, but for right now, considering how they're constructed. But I think when Steph comes back, it's just going to be, it's not going to be fair. It's not going to be fair. They can't have the mental breakdowns they had on defense tonight and think they're going to escape from that team. Good win from Toronto Raptors. That's going to push them, uh, I think, increase their win total as the first seeded team in the East. And I think that's great for basketball that these guys are doing so well. Um, You know, I enjoyed this game. I don't know about anybody else, but got to be objective and call it what it is. You only win against the shorthanded Warriors by three points. They are shorthanded. They're missing three All-Stars. Two active, but, you know, you got another defensive guy in Draymond Green and another offensive power in Steph Curry. You're at least missing about 20, 25, or 30 points with Steph Curry. Think about that. Next game I want to talk about, I want to talk about this Pacer versus L.A. Lakers game. Uh, LeBron and, and, and company go up uh, and win this game 104 to 96, man. But let me tell you something. As a, as a LeBron fan, as a, as a Laker fan, you look at this game and you ever, you know, as a Laker fan, you feel like you won the game, but you still feel like you lost at the same time. Let me tell you why. Looking at this game, I looked at the box score. I, by the way, I didn't look at this game live. Victor Oladipo wasn't even playing. Now, I am I saw the first quarter, and I'm sitting here thinking, like, okay, Lakers coming out. They they defend the floor. The score, like, 35 to 18. They about to blow these folks out, right? This was get, this what gets me about the Lakers that I just don't understand. Somebody explain it to me, please. So you go... 38 to 15 in the first quarter to the Pacers scoring 35 points in the second quarter and you only score 18. Explain it to me. Seriously, explain it to me. This is why I say the, the, the Lakers at best will win one series. Don't give me that. I don't I, listen. I know Stephen A. Smith. I think I love him. I like his I like his takes. This team ain't going to the Western Conference Finals unless they make a trade. I hate to say that. There is no way on God's green earth, as soon as LeBron sits down or when he's not in the game or him not playing defense and causing and missing shots on the other side is costing this team possessions. You give up 35 points in the second quarter if you put 38 on their head in the first and you only score 18 in the second. This is what I'm talking about about the Lakers, man. They're too up and down for me for the, for me to believe that they're actually going to go to the Western Conference Finals this year. I'm just saying. I know they got the pieces like Rondo. I know they got the pieces like, you know, obviously LeBron James. I know Kuz can drop 25 in his, in his sleep if he wants to. I know Ingram can be a 22, 25 point, uh, a point per night player. I know that Lonzo, when he's aggressive, can be 16 to 20 and, and, and give you some rebounds and play defense. I know Josh Hart can shoot lights out from three-point land when, he, when he's on. I know KCP can give you about three, three or four from the three-point line and give you some good minutes and some good defense on the defensive side of the ball. All this is known. But when you give up 35 points in the second quarter, 
after winning the first quarter, 38 to 15, I'm looking at this like either Luke Walton got to go or LeBron James is really putting a, a, a foot on the progression of the youngies. Because the young guys, and I, let's go to the box store real quick. Let's see what they had and what they were doing. And I'll get to the Pacers' point of view in a second. Yeah, Kyle Kuzma, 11 points. LeBron James, 38 points. Ingram, 14. You know, Beasley, 6. I mean, Luke Walton finally giving this man minutes, but it's not because he wants to. It's just the fact that you're missing uh, some depth there. So he's doing something he should have been doing all season with, with Michael Beasley. Finally giving this man some minutes. Because he's a good player and he can give you something. He's a long body. He's, he's capable of defending. He should be on the floor. Because a guy could go go score 20 if he wants. He's a walking 20. Tyson Chandler was Tyson Chandler off the bench. Gave you good, some, a good man some, with about nine rebounds off the bench. Caldwell Pope finally had a good shooting night. Three of five, 11 points. Josh Hart, pretty good night, 13 points. Brandon Ingram, this is why I'm going back and I said and I harped on him last podcast. He'll even give you a hard 11 to 15 points, so he's going to give you an easy 22. I don't know if it's just LeBron at this point saying, to hell with it, we got to win games, or him just not believing and not wanting to be patient with with letting these guys, these young guys in particular, navigate their game. Which I understand because you can't afford to lose three straight, four straight, figuring it out with the young guys. You got to be assertive. He played 38 minutes tonight. And I'm sitting here like, okay, this is vintage LeBron. LeBron's doing what he usually does now. But somebody else from the Lakers has got to be better. Kuzma, I need at least 15 to 20 from you nightly. Ingram, I need at least 20 to 25 from you nightly. These guys have been in the league. They're scorers. Lonzo, I mean, the injury, I can tell, is still bothering him. He's trying to tough it out and play through, but two points, eight rebounds, four assists. More of a facilitator, but not, not, not that much on the offensive side to really turn heads or help anybody. Difference maker in terms of facilitating, but not anything that's geared to scoring. This team needs a scoring point guard. Lonzo Ball got the size to be it. Injured right now. Just you know, not effective at all. Then on the on the on the uh pacer side of things, Young gave you eleven points. Bogdanovich gave you fourteen. Turner didn't have a good night tonight, he gave you six. Collinson gave you nine. Evans gave you nine. That was your starting five for the Pacers. No Ola Depot. So bonus off the bench was the spark plug, gave you twenty points. McDermott gave you 10 points off the bench. Holiday gave you 7 points. Joseph gave you 10 points. This Pacers team is talented. When they have Victor Oladipo, their best player, they're one of the scarier teams in the East. I think they're a dark horse in the uh, East. But the problem is, they're up and down team. They didn't have uh, Victor Oladipo tonight, but I just harp on the fact that the Lakers should have blew this team out. This should have never been this close down the stretch. They should have never took a lead in the third full quarter. These are things I look at. LeBron still giving you 6 of 10 from the free throw line. These are things I look at. Kuzma, Ingram, not being aggressive enough offensively. This is what I'm looking at. 
Luke Walton still not getting the respect of LeBron James. This is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at all this stuff. Everything. Because it catches up with the team when your star player doesn't respect the coach. Is running the LeBron James system because he's the you know he's one of the best players in the world. So you gonna tell him? No. Luke Walton better get this team under control. I'm telling you, they were fortunate tonight that Victor Oladipo was now on the floor. It's about twenty points, twenty five at least, at least. I wouldn't be surprised next time they play the Pacers if they lose because they've turned into kind of a crappy road team. Young guys aren't showing up. LeBron got to have a 50-point-per-night game for them to be successful on the road. That's not good. Not this early. Not, not 21 games in. We saw last night the guy's human. He can get tired. He's older. LeBron can't do this forever. Somebody else has got to step up. When LeBron is starting slow, somebody else has got to step up. Think it's going to be Ingram? It's going to be Kuzma? It's going to be Josh Hart? Lance Stevenson? Who's it going to be? Because right now, 104 to 96, eh, it's a win. Is it making me look at this team and say, this team going to the Western Conference Finals? Hell no. Trade some pieces if you want that to happen. Unfortunately, it's not the popular decision, but get some of your young players to get those pieces. Because right now, this ain't it, Chief. 104 to 96 to me, struggle win. Big struggle win. Indiana, shorthanded without a superstar, took a lead from you in the third quarter. And you expect me to say, oh, the Lakers are good. No, 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 no. Fortunate. They play better at home than on the road, I can tell you that. And like I said, the Lakers got a tough stretch coming up. They got a very, very tough stretch coming up for the next couple months, actually. They need to be winning these games in grand fashion to stay in the hunt because their schedule does not get any easier. And the way these injuries are racking up with the Lakers, um, it's going to be interesting. We'll say that. It's going to be interesting. I'll be watching because I'm a LeBron fan, but good win for those boys. They stay in the seventh slot. Um, Got to keep winning, though. And like I said, their schedule does not get any more easier than what it is right now. It really doesn't. Got the Suns coming up next. They'll win that game. It's at home. It's on Sunday. Can't sleep on them. They can't sleep on the Suns, but they got those guys coming up. Should be interesting. 
Tell you that much. Lakers won that one 104 to 96. They improved 12 9 on the season. Let's talk about the Clippers versus the Kings, and we're going to wrap it up. Lakers, excuse me, the Clippers have been flying under the radar. You told me if you told me at the start of the season that this team was going to be the first in the East and they were going to be a legit first in the East, I would be like, bull jive. That's a nice way of saying it. Sacramento's not a bad team. I do think this is the year that they can contend for the playoffs. They're going to be on the outside looking in for most of it, but they, they, they can definitely contend for the playoffs. They got the pieces to do it. They have a sexy team, a sexy young team on paper, and they just got to continue to just enjoy the process. I'll quote Chuck. Chuck said it the best. He said, you don't gut this team. You let them work, you let them grow, and eventually they're going to start reaping the benefits of the playoffs. They're still young, still wet behind the ears, but they're going to learn. Uh, Clippers won this one 133 to 121. And it's incredible for the Clippers. Let me give them props, man. They're doing this without a superstar. They're doing this because people understand their roles on this team. Okay? You know in the final four minutes, five minutes, Lou Williams is going to come in the game and finish the game off. That's their close, closer. You know you're getting defense from eight, uh, from from Bradley. And he's going to give you buckets. See, both wear player. Gallinari, offensive player. Tobias Harris, offensive player. Gortat, rebounds. Uh, Gilly just, uh, this, this, this rookie they got, 17 points, man. Facilitator, score. These guys understand their role. And then off the bench, you got Patrick Beverly coming off. You got Harrell coming off. You got Lou Williams coming. This team can go about eight, eight, nine deep and rotations. But I think the surprise of this team is this rookie. What he's able to come in and do. Shea Gillages Alexander is averaging 10.9, 3.3 and a half uh, re- uh, rebounds per game and three assists per game. Only 20. The guy's balling. And he's the reason why, in my opinion, the Clippers have not fell off the map in terms of... I'm not saying they wouldn't have been a playoff team if he wasn't playing like this, but the damn shit would have been the first. Clippers are playing great basketball right now. Chuck says uh, they're going to miss the playoffs. I don't believe so. I think they're still going to make the playoffs. They playing hard in this league can get you 47 wins, like like uh, like my man Kenny said. I agree with him. Get you, it can get you 47 wins. That gets you on the cusp of making the playoffs in the West. It may very well get you into the playoffs in the West. If you're over 45 wins in the West, you're going to make the playoffs. You're going to make the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting to see what this Clipper, this Clipper team does because these guys just realize their roles, man. That's all it is. They realize their roles. And they're playing their roles to absolute perfection. 
executing it perfectly. As a coach, you couldn't ask for better for better uh, play, night in and night out. Was very Im- impressed across the board with this late uh, with this LA Clippers team off to a fifteen and six start. Um, I do see these guys losing some games as they get into the harder part of their schedule. Um, they are because I mean down the line in this league you need a superstar, you need an all star caliber player to that you can trust um, consistently to get you get you uh, these games, these tight games, these fifty fifty games down the stretch. When they play the Golden State Warriors, they're going to struggle. Um, when you play the tougher Eastern teams, they might struggle. But I do think this team is going to win at least 47-plus because they got a good coach in Doc Rivers, and they got players that are just hungry and hard workers. And that you can't teach, you can't coach. That is just a will to win. That is a will to build a culture that reflects a winning. Uh, winning. And even if they win 47, that is a win for the Clippers, because you understand they got the cap space to go get a superstar next next uh, next year. People don't understand that. That's the underrated part about this team. And this team is run by Jerry West, the same team that constructed the Golden State Warriors, as they currently are. This isn't no mistake that that the Clippers are winning like this. There's no mistake. Looking at who these guys have in the front office, wherever Jerry West goes, winning goes. They're going to win a superstar next year. Whether it's KD, whether it's Kawhi Leonard, whether it's Anthony Davis, whether it's anybody, any one of those names. They got a shot to land, just as much of a shot to land uh, them as the Lakers have a shot of landing a superstar. And that's what's not being talked about on the news. That them winning like this increases their odds. Because they're really one piece away or a couple pieces away from being a championship contender. Very low key. Especially with Doc Rivers, who's been there and done that since 2008 with the, when he's with the Boston Celtics. Clippers are looking like a pretty decent team. I'll tell you that. I do think they're a playoff team. I do think, I don't think they're going to remain in the first seed, the second seed, or the third seed, but they will bump somebody out that looked like on paper they should be in there. And I'll tell you this much. They're going to give the Lakers some problems. They're going to give the Lakers some problems. I'll tell you that right now. They beat Sacramento tonight. Sacramento is going to fall 10, uh, 10 and 11 on the season. Um, I do think that that pulls them out of the standings in the West. I think they were AC coming into this one. Let me see where they fall right now for you guys real quick to give you all some accurate, um, you know, um, analysis. So yeah, that loss bumped them out of the playoffs. Dallas moves in at ten and nine. Um, their game behind the Lakers. That's how tough the West is. They lost like two, three games, and they're done. In the in the uh, East, ten and eleven. 10-11 will be the eighth seed in the, in the East. Because Orlando sits 10-12. and 12. And people say, oh, well, the West is not that strong this year. Yeah, it is. It's still strong. You don't want to go to Denver and play them. 
Oh, they they are nine and three at home. Golden State, you damn sure don't want to play at home. They're eleven and two. Every team in the top eight play well at home in the West. On the road, a little different. But at home, they defending their floors. You ain't coming in their house dropping, blowing them out like that. Not this year. Team with the best record is the uh, Los Angeles Clippers at six and five. But teams got some good records, man. At home, even on the outside looking in, Minnesota nine and three at home, New Orleans nine and two at home. San Antonio, 6-3 at home. These guys are defending their courts, man. And that's why they're successful. Clippers has just won out 133-121. to Let's go into the Kings side of things real quick before I close it. Um, Kings had a great effort tonight. It just didn't fall in their favor. Um, they're still learning how to win, man. That's all it is. They, they're still learning how to win against the elite teams. I do think they're going to be on the outside and in the hunt for the playoffs. Um, I don't have them making the playoffs this year. I never did. Um, I've said this before on um, past podcasts when I did my hot takes with these guys. I think they're going to be a relatively great team throughout the season, but I still don't think they, they, they're going to mess up enough wins to be able to enter into the playoffs this year. They're going to be on the outside looking at That's an improvement for the Sacramento Kings. They're not the laughing stock of the West anymore. Um, they're a team that's slowly getting it together uh, post-Boogie Cousins trade, and that's great for them. I'm happy that they're doing that because, you know, it's good to see a Sacramento Kings in the hunt. When the Sacramento Kings are in the hunt, that means you have a healthy NBA because traditionally the Sacramento Kings have been that team that can be really, really good and also a team that's been, that when they're playing well makes the West that much deeper. So... You know, they got good, good production tonight. It just didn't fall in their favor. Um, I like the play of Collie Steins, man. He's just been my guy this, this year. I continue to talk about him. 17 points on 10 rebounds, double-double tonight. De'Aaron Fox didn't quite have the game to his standards. He usually averages a little bit over 21 points. But he gave you 17 points tonight. Mon Shumper gave you four tonight. Not the best night for him. Buddy Hill, not a good night for him. 10 points. He usually gives you about between 15 and, and 20. Uh, but this kid, Marvin Bagley, man, rookie. 18 points. Man, let me tell you, man, this rookie class is pretty amazing, man. Mar- uh, Marvin Bagley, you know, the kid from uh, the Lakers, um, Shea Alexander. You know, these rookies are playing. They're balling this year, man. Um, Bogdanovich, 26 points, 3 of 6. Off the bench. Like, Sacramento got the pieces to, uh, once these pieces become of age, Yogi Ferrell, oh my God, man. This team is, Sacramento looks great on paper. They're going to translate to win at least like 41 games this year, I, I believe. But it's not going to be enough to get them in the playoffs this year. Now, next year, they'll be ready. I think they'll be ready. This year, it's, it's more of a, let's see what we're looking like this year. We can actually win some of these games now. I can actually see a plan with the um, Toronto, excuse me, with the Sacramento Kings and it panning out and the process panning out. 
Where they lost this game is they shot 29.2% from the field, 7 to 24. That's not going to win you many games. And when you're shooting that bad, rebound, you're going to get out-rebounded. And, of course, when you have a team like the Clippers that shoot very well, they shot 55.6% tonight. They shot 42.9% from three-point land. They just overtook this game because they were out-rebounding the team. Whenever you're not shooting well from the three-point line, you have long um, rebounds. And usually those fall in favor of the opposing team. And I think that's what happened for the Clippers. They just out-rebounded the, um, the mess out of uh, the Kings. And we can actually go and see that real quick um how 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 bad it was so i will tell y'all that in a second give me one second i'm just pulling up stuff uh, on my phone that kind of shows me everything um team stats let's go there so yeah they were uh clippers destroyed the um what now they they're out rebounded by Sacramento 57 to 44. They played good defense by uh boxing out getting defensive rebounds. Had 30 of those to uh Sacramento had 32. And but the difference maker was Sacramento had one more turnover than the Clippers. So, that was the difference maker in this game. Clippers were a little bit more cleaner tonight, and that's what gave them the win. 133 to 121. This was was a really impressive slate of games tonight. Honestly, from a basketball fan, I couldn't ask for anything better, man. Except that Lakers game kind of got your boy down, but not really too concerned. I'll tell you that. It's been great to watch these teams really battle it out. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you that much. But good win for the Clippers that puts them on top my takeaway from the Warriors Raptors game Raptors needed this win Raptors are still in trouble from the Pacers Lakers game good win for the Lakers struggle win they still got some dissension within that's causing these wins not to be not to be definitive not to be um, on a superlative level, that where you say, okay, Lakers were the better teams. You, you look in here and say, okay, Lakers just outlasted the team. At some point, we got to start stop saying, okay, they're figuring it out, and start saying they're starting to figure it out. They had that moment, then I don't know what happened. Injuries happen, but like injuries has happened to everybody, so I'm not gonna use that excuse. Like I said, Luke Walton got to figure it out. Clippers game, man, they just winning. They're just winning. They're winning. They're they're saying bump the odds, bump what analysts say. They didn't talk about us. We're winning. Shocker team of the uh, shocker team that I said was they were gonna have one shocker team in the West, and they're the shocker team this year, along with the Grizzlies. Two teams I definitely didn't expect coming in uh, them having a good season. I'll tell you that much. So I'm, they're making me eat my words a little bit, but that's good. That's good. That's my take 
on these on TNT tonight. Like I said, shout out to Craig Sager. Um, it's been your boy D Johnson on the mic, man. Support me if you like what you're hearing. Uh, please support me. You can uh, make a donation to my podcast. Uh, by hitting the support and obviously drop what you can. I would really appreciate that. I'm aspiring journalism major as well as and, and a sportscaster that's looking for his first start in the media industry. So root for me on that, man. Looking like I'm making a little bit of progress there. But like I said, if I don't, the kid will be back in grad school by next year. But like I said, man, look out for a recap of the Dallas Cowboys and the uh, New Orleans Saints, that game last night and how... Somehow, some way, the Cowboys lucked up in one. We want to talk about that. I'm gonna talk about my take on that. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna be back later. Hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Peace.